the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. to Tuesday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along for the ride. We'll be talking with Elizabeth here in just a moment. She looks like she's calling in right now. So we'll get her up and, and ready to run. Elizabeth, uh, the big type uh, topic for today, and because uh, I want to get your take on it, is the announcement yesterday uh, by Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin that he will not seek the governorship, but instead will uh, look to be the uh, Arkansas AG. What's your thoughts on it? Oh, that news is reverberating all around the state, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I, we my broke phone, it yesterday. Yes, sir. My phone started ringing right after 6 yesterday morning. Um, I think it's a big, uh, a big change, obviously, and not a surprise to many people, apparently. Apparently, there was a lot of chatter over the weekend people buzzing around talking about the possibilities. I think with the idea that Sarah looks like she's going to sweep this race with not much effort except name recognition, uh, maybe he's a smart, maybe it's a smart move on his part if he wants to still serve the people. Well, I would agree with that. I, I, I think that it comes down to two things. Name recognition is one. Everybody knows who Sarah Sanders is. Uh, but, no doubt. But number two, money is a big issue as well. Would Sarah Sanders have a lot of money from Arkansans? She'd have some, but she already had raised $2 million in four days, or a little over $2 million in four days, from uh, people outside the state uh, because she knows some of the heavy hitters uh, from the Republican uh, Party, and they were going to help her. Uh, well, Bongino those, and others. Of course, of course. Some of her early, you know, when she first announced, we heard from, who was it, Kid Rock and Mike Pompeo and, uh, of course, Trump and others of that national um, notoriety. Those folks don't know anything about Arkansas. Don't have I'm a clue. actually quite concerned in a certain way. Um, I said this to you the other day on the radio. We had a caller put on your Facebook page, oh, right after she announced, and they said, hey, this is what Hillary did in New York. She came, she came back, she ran on her name, and she got elected. They didn't have a clue how she would govern and what she would do when she was in office. I'm a little concerned. It's really early, but so far in my mind, she has not really detailed a lot of her platform. No, and so I'm we've, a little talked, concerned. we've talked about that. Others have talked to me about it. Yes. And uh, it does concern me. I would have loved to have seen, you know, that three that three way race uh, develop and uh, and had some 
really good, like town halls or something, so that each of the uh, candidates could flesh out what they believe and and what they want to see done here in the state. I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is not a conservative. I think she's a conservative, but even more so than her father. Oh, no question. Even no more question. So she than would her not. Father. But, right. Uh, she couldn't have done the job she did for Mr. Trump. Yeah. However, on her own, not working for someone else, you know, how will she go forward? I'll say again, it's still rather early. I'm really hoping, you know, the, the voters absolutely deserve to hear it. You oh, know, yeah. the voters deserve to know. Um, I don't. It's early on. I'm, I'm waiting to see. I hope we hear more. <laughs> well, I've been in touch with uh, her campaign manager. She has uh, told me that uh, Sarah will join us here on the show in the very near future, and we'll get an opportunity to sit down and talk to her and, and discuss where she stands on the issues. And Because that's where my show has always been. I want to know what you're thinking and what you want to do. What's your vision for this state? I really want to know that because if it differs from what our Kansans want, uh, then we're going to have a problem. Well, and I think right now we're all very concerned. Again, I've heard I've heard two sides of this. Of course, the one side is coming from American Freedom Cruisers. Some of the grassroots people are absolutely over the moon, very excited. They see it as a slam dunk, you know, success for their candidate. On the other hand, my phone blew up. I bet yours did. I got a lot of calls from people going, uh, uh, what do we know? What do we know? What about Arkansas? You know, what about us here in Arkansas? Does she even understand the issues we have here? And so I think it's really stirred up the race. It's exciting. It always is. Well, for everybody who says, does she know the issues of, of what's happening in the, in the state? Why wouldn't she? Well, because when she first announced that she was going to run and she cut a couple of, uh, of videos that went on Facebook, uh, she said things like, Hey, uh, I want to make sure that there's no sanctuary cities in Arkansas. Well, as as uh, Lieutenant Governor Griffin pointed out to her, uh, two years ago we passed legislation in this state that said you can't have a, sanctu- a sanctuary city. So that's that's been done and completed. So Ooh. you know she needs to she needs to catch up on what's happening here in the state. Well, that's also a little bit of a slap to her campaign people if they're not doing their research to keep her on track with things like that, you know. Well, I that's, don't disagree with you know, that. You they, know. they got to they got to know about that stuff. That's part of their job. I mean, that's something that many people don't, I guess, see. I know you do. Sometimes I get to see a little of this, but it's the behind the scenes work that goes into the campaigns that helps, uh, you know, keep them on track and yep. helps helps them understand all of those things. It's, it's just like a lawmaker. They need staff to help them. There's so much information to try to uh, understand and digest on a daily basis. Okay, so let me now, ask this question now. Okay, so Tim is going to run for AG. Uh, Leslie hasn't said anything yet, but I, I expect that she may pull out of the race and run for something else. I've, I've heard Lieutenant Governor uh, that she That's might run hearing. for that. Uh, but we'll see if that happens. And that will be an interesting race between her and Jason Rapert and some other people. Uh, I actually like that race better than I think. I, my opinion is that Sarah and Leslie are basically 
similar candidates in that they're going to pull from the same money base in Arkansas. Oh yeah, in a lot in a lot of ways. So that would be not as visible as a policy race that would happen with with I think A. G. Rutledge and uh, Senator Rapert for lieutenant. I mean, yes, for lieutenant governor. Yes, there's so many races; it's getting confusing. <laughs> yeah, well, let me let me ask this question, and let's talk money for just a second. You know, uh, Sarah Sanders brought in a lot of money from out of state right off the bat, and how continue to do so? Yes, so, yes, ma'am, and and people are putting making her the hands-on favorite to win the Republican nomination. I put hands down that she'll win if she runs, and. Uh, the way that things are shaken out, that she's going to be the candidate for the Republicans and she'll be the next governor. But here's the key uh, for those people who would like to run for governor. Where are they going to find money here in the state of Arkansas? Is anybody going to give money to somebody else if everybody is 90 percent sure Sanders is going to win it? Do you want to get on their bad side? Yeah, that's the thing. With her name recognition at this point and the Trump coattails, and I think that's both good and maybe not so good, that uh, I think, it, I mean, if certainly if the race were to, or the election were today, she's done. I mean, she's in. That's all there is to it yeah. from, from the way I'm hearing it across the board. Um, it's, it's shook it up all right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it has its... It's. I think it's frozen money here in Arkansas, and I think I agree with you. that may be the reason that the lieutenant governor made that quick decision. I mean, that was a quick decision that he made that occurred over the weekend. It really was, because he had been on my show uh, less than six it's days before talking about right. running for governor, and then came back and said, I've decided to run for AG, and I think it came down to a thing of I can't I can't you know even get close to the amount of money that she's going to uh she's going to raise uh here in the state of uh, of Arkansas especially if it's all going to freeze up well and Tim Griffin's fundraising ability he's no slouch okay he is no slouch yep so you know that's that's a pretty again a pretty quick admission and I think actually a very smart move I mean, if he wants to continue serving the people, uh, you know, then don't don't continue. It looks like a slam dunk. So uh, there's a lot of talk out there about the idea of running for office and taking people's money and then switching to a different race. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I understand the idea that I want to donate to one particular candidate. I'm not sure when I do that personally, if I'm really connecting them to the office so much not as I am necessarily. to the person. And, and I agree character. with that. I agree with that. And you know, so it's interesting. I mean, it's no surprise. It, it should be coming as no surprise to anybody that I was going to I was going to support uh, the lieutenant governor. Uh, and, and now you never I'll, talk about that before primary. And, and yeah, listen I to try you. not to. I try not to. <laughs> and I'll and I'll give him some money. Uh, going on here when he runs for AG, I'll give money to Sanders' campaign to run uh, for governor as well, and probably to Leslie's as well. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm big supporter in a lot of those people. Leslie, I'm a little concerned about. We'll talk about that in a moment because I got to get a break in. But uh, you know, she's made a couple of I believe tactical blunders here early on, and uh, let's discuss mm-hmm. that when we get back here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick show. We're talking about. 
what's going on in uh, politics here in the state of Arkansas, something that's not talked about on most other radio stations, to be honest. And uh, it's good for us to give you all of the information that we we can do so. Hey, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, uh, we're not that far now from Valentine's Day. Look, we're less than a, a week away. Today is Tuesday. Valentine's Day is uh, Sunday. So uh, you've got till Saturday uh, to get something from over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. They've got plenty of beautiful jewelry items that your significant other would just love. All right. And they, they've got stuff that will fit everybody's pocketbook from, uh, you know, the most, uh, you know, reasonable to the most unreasonable. And it only becomes unreasonable uh, in your mind, okay, when it comes to price. So just keep in mind that uh, Eric has stuff that goes from small prices to really big prices. I mean, he's got major diamonds. He's got major gemstones over there that he can show to you. You need to go over after 10 o'clock, visit with him at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard right here in Little Rock. Uh, he's in Suite 4. Visit with him. Let him show you some things. Tell him what your price point is, and he'll match it up. He'll also ask you questions about who you're giving it to, what they're like, what they're looking for. So have those questions in your mind and answered so you can tell him so he can get you the right piece of jewelry for that person. Or just call him, 501-246-3655. That's 501-246-3655. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. All right, so we're talking uh, state politics right now. We're talking about uh, the gubernatorial election that will happen next year uh, in November of uh, 2022. And everybody's saying, you're talking about that already, Dave? Well, yeah, because it's already, uh, you know, being figured out who's going to run for what and uh, and where. So uh, when you start getting that information out, you got to start talking about you know, the candidates that are out there. So we're going to uh, talk a little further about that this morning here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. Then we're going to pick up with some other topics. I want to talk about this whole thing about the COVID-19 passport, which concerns Ooh. me. And I think that Ooh. should concern a lot of people. And then I want to talk about South Dakota, because I like the governor of South uh, Dakota, Nome. I think she's a great, she's been doing a great job. And they passed a bill yesterday uh, that's very interesting in their house. I don't know what's, where it's at in the Senate. Uh, and I may make some phone calls this afternoon to try to get somebody on uh, later on this week or beginning of next week to talk about what they're doing. But what this bill will do, it sets up the parameters for the state of how to fight against presidential executive orders. And... Uh, when it comes to President Biden, that's very important since he's been showing a proclivity to to do uh, executive orders, to say the least. Uh, this is a man who ran on, uh, y- you're a communist if you're doing executive orders, and when he was talking about Trump, and then he turned around, and he's already signed like 33 of them, and he's got 42 of them in his pocket, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, coming up as well but right now let's uh, continue just talking a little bit about state politics 
I love talking about state politics because state politics are closer to you than Washington politics all the time. Keep in mind, you've got four or 500 plus uh, congressmen representing you here in the state. You have two senators out of 100 representing you in Washington here out of the state. So uh, when it comes to representation, you're better off in having uh, your representative of 100 uh, in the uh, state house or uh, the one that you have of 35 in the Senate. So big difference about having an influence on the laws of the state and of of the country uh, general. But anyway, uh, you've got Tim Griffin out now as running for governor. He's running for AG, which is another important position now that, uh, you know, uh, Biden and Harris are in the White House uh, because we'll be wanting to to, uh, fight for uh, Arkansas values uh, here in the state and not be told how we have to do things uh, from a centralized government perspective. And then uh, you got still, uh, you've got uh, Leslie in, who is the AG right now, and you also have the, uh, uh, you have Sanders in for uh, governor. I saw a post from uh, uh, Leslie Rutledge's uh, part, uh, her, her campaign, that kind of was a kind of, um, I don't know how I, I would, it's not a hot promotion of Griffin, but I think it was kind of a, of a, yeah, it's good that the, 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 the lieutenant governor is looking to be AG because we need a good AG. It wasn't. A soft endorsement. Yeah, it was a soft, <laughs> and that's the best way to put it. Yeah, it was it was an endorsement with a velvet glove. How's that? And There you go. But, uh, you know, Cody wasn't even mentioned in that. And as you heard in the newscast just a moment ago, he is seriously considering a run uh, for AG. Now, it's going to be interesting if he wants to try it against Tim. I don't know, but we'll we'll find out. Anyway, I wanted to go back and talk about Rutledge. I think she'll get out because she's made a couple of, I believe, kind of tactical blunders. Uh, one, she's been backing the governor uh, as far as his uh, power during the pandemic. And that has been a bone of contention with the legislature. And you're going to want to have those legislators uh, in your camp if you run uh, for governor. You just need oh, to have yeah. them. And uh, she's going to lose a lot of them because of where she's been standing on this. But the one that really, I believe, hurt her was when she showed up in the rotunda with the governor and said that she believed in a hate crime law. Hate crime. That yep. one didn't resonate well with about 50% of the electorate on the Republican side. And you cannot turn on I mean, more than 50 percent really uh you cannot turn off that many people when you're going into a primary primary is all about a re, you know republicans republicans i mean you're talking red meat stuff unless the democrats get their act together and and they go in and vote in mass for you 
Well, two things with open primaries, we still have that's still a very real possibility. However, what you just mentioned is an issue that crosses across the basis or the various different parts of the basics of the GOP party. And no, no, well, no one, many people across all the different aspects of the party did not like her stance on the hate crimes deal. Yeah, we had a whole lot of activity on my Facebook page when she she did that. It was it was not a positive. It wasn't a positive for the governor. It was not positive. Not at all. You know, the, go- no. the, the governor coming out with that, that's not been one of the things that uh, the majority of Republicans have have been, uh, you know, drawn to. So I really think, uh, as we mentioned earlier, and we're just about out of time here for this segment, Elizabeth, so let me take, take us into the news. Uh, we've got uh, Leslie Rutledge, who will probably end up running for lieutenant governor. And from what I'm understanding in her war trust, she's got – if she doesn't have a million dollars, she's right around the million dollar mark. Uh, the lieutenant governor is sitting over two hundred or, or over two million dollars, and uh, there'll be more money that they can go out and mine in those races than they could for governor. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, the COVID nineteen passport, good or bad, we'll talk about it. Hey, keep in mind, Casablanca showing tonight, 7 o'clock, Riverdale 10, and uh, we've sold a ton of tickets. Uh, If you're wanting to go to the movies tonight and see Casablanca on the big screen again, better get there today. Go to Riverdale10.com and buy your tickets right over uh, the Internet. You'll be all set up, and the social distancing will be taken care of for you in in the whole nine yards. All the protocols are followed for COVID-19. You're safe for that. And you can go enjoy what filmmakers for the for years have said is the best script ever written uh, for uh, you know a movie, and that is of course for um, Casablanca tonight, one time only, seven o'clock, Riverdale ten, uh, part of the Dave Ellswick one hundred one one FM, the Answer Classic Movie, and uh, next uh, coming up next. Uh, a month. Uh, you won't want to miss this. Everybody loves going to see Greece, and Greece is going to be back on the big screen on the uh, on March the 9th. See John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, and the rest of the crew when they were in their heyday. Uh, everybody still loves to go with it. Get ready to sing out loud. Everybody likes to sing along with the songs for Greece, and you can start buying your tickets now. You can buy your tickets for all the classic movies now if you want to. Uh, they're at uh, Riverdale10.com. You know, having a good agent to sell your home is really, I can't tell you how important it is, other than to tell you it's really, 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 really important. I mean, Randall and Loretta had a beautiful home in Chennault Valley. They had listed with another agent for six months, hadn't had a nibble, not even, you know, the bobber didn't even move. Uh, so they reached out to Dustin Turner, who I talk about here on the show uh, all the time, and that one call changed everything for him. I mean, changed everything. Uh, Dustin shared his marketing plan that would help them sell their home. In just a few weeks, the home was sold for top dollar. Randall and Loretta didn't get lucky. 
they got Dustin Turner, and that's what you got to do. You got to get the right realtor, and Dustin Turner is that guy. He really is. He's uh, with the home team brokered by EXP Realty. Uh, they work with you to help you out. If you don't want to show your house, I mean, they can even do an instant cash offer for you. All you got to do is call them. 501-952-2969. That's 501-952-2969. Call the only agent I'd call uh, if I needed to sell my home. And that's coming up here and not the uh, pretty close now. We're, Linda and I have been having this conversation, and it probably will probably be the end of this year, maybe early next year. You call Dustin Turner, or you can find him online. Go to HomeTeamSoldIt.com. That's HomeTeamSoldIt.com, and then you can start packing and get ready to get on with your life. And maybe if you want to move to your, to your, you know, the house of your dreams, or you want to do like I want to do. I want to buy a little bit bigger than a little tiny, um, you know, RV. I want something a little bigger, Class C, but bigger uh, than just a typical small Class C, and just travel, travel and live on that. I can do that. I have no problem doing that. The whole problem with me is, what do I do with all the crap that I've got in my house? I got a ton of stuff. I don't know. Maybe I should, I should put all my furniture and everything in the house and sell it as one big unit. You think that would work, that Heidi? I wonder if that would work. You know, sell the hot, you know, sell everything at once. Get somebody, get Wilson out there and let him do an auction or whatever. Anyway, bottom line is uh, that's coming up in the, the you know, for Dave Ellsworth. I got to make up my mind when I want to retire. I haven't made up my mind on that yet. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be 68 Monday. You got to be, got to be thinking about that stuff. So I'm thinking about it. All right. So anyway, let's get back to talking with, uh, one of my favorite you know, people, Elizabeth Sotolaro. I, yes. I know someone who bought a fully furnished house last year. Really? Now, it wasn't like all the hairy details, the individual who sold the home. You know, she took some of her favorite pieces, but left, you know, the couch and, the, you know, certain things and different major pieces of furniture, and they bought a fully furnished house. Well, yeah. if I'm going you know, to travel... Because we're looking at, you know, going to stay at some of the state parks during the summer, things of that nature, and see some of the parks that we've never seen. I mean, I'm, I want to go back out to Utah. They've got some of the greatest state parks in the United States. I mean, they just got some great ones. And, of course, I'll probably stick my big toe into California. <laughs> I don't know how long I'll stay there, but I'll probably go out and check it out. But uh, there's some different places. I'll go up to Yellowstone again. And those are things I want to do. But then I've got, you know, my kids and I, my grandkids, and I want to go out and visit with them and stuff. So we're going to get something that we can travel in. And when that happens, you know, i got to give up my all-time favorite piece of furniture, which is my bed. I, uh, I bought that bed 15 years ago. And it's it's a big piece of furniture. It's one of heavy wood. It's got wrought iron in it, and it looks beautiful. And uh, it's really good. It's really nice. But can't put it in a in a RV. You know what I'm saying? You you won't have room for all that stuff in and an RV. You're right. I won't. You know, I'll get rid of a lot of the the dishes and all of that. So you know, for it, somebody may want to use my house as kind of like a a step up from a starter home. 
is, is how, <laughs> how, how it goes. Anyway, I, I'll even be selling my TVs. How's that one? Yeah, I got two sixty-five oh, no. inches. I got two sixty-five <laughs> inches. That's not going to go in an RV. I'm just sorry. It's just not going to go. Yeah, there. you might be surprised. You might yeah. be surprised. Yeah. I've seen some pretty nice ones with well, they all come sorts with of them. nice amenities. Now, we'll see what goes on. Anyway, we'll look you at. Got the, a, you got a show coming up here, don't they? Do an RV show here in the spring downtown? Uh, yeah, they just did the boat yeah. show, so the RV show should be. Yeah, happening. the RV show's coming, so uh, you got to go. Gotta go check it out yeah they should be advertising with me because i'd like to talk i'll have them on and talk about them that's just big <laughs> things that i want to do all right let's talk about this other story that i wanted to to, to get to uh with you today and Speaking people of traveling yeah people may <laughs> not be paying a whole lot of attention to this and that is uh with the covid19 that we had if you want to travel this year and in, in the next few years uh, here in the United States and overseas, what you might have to have is what they're calling a vaccine passport. Uh, I'm looking at a story I got here from the New York Times, and believe me, I, they're not my favorite newspaper, but they had a good story on this. And, uh, and I put CNN on your web page. Yeah, if you want on your Facebook page, rather. Yeah, if you get, if you want to get out and do some traveling, you may eventually need something in addition. To getting the shot, uh, you, may, you may need a vaccine passport application, and several of these software companies are already working on uh, a way of, without breaking HIPAA uh, information, putting something on your phone, uh, like a, what is it called, a, a QR mark uh, that you can bring up on your phone, and it can be, you know, accessed and it shows that when you had your uh, your vaccination now i find this interesting in that we've got all these anti-vaxxers out there right now that aren't getting themselves vaccinated for diseases we've been we had basically gotten rid of but now they've come back because anti-vaxxers refuse to get the, the vaccinations for their kids and they don't have as tough of requirements to get into school now uh, about shots that they did when I was younger, when I had kids. I mean, when I had kids, you had to show your child's shot record to be able for your child to attend public school. Are we going to go back to that and even more, do you think, Elizabeth? It sure certainly seems that way. Again, it's something that's quite concerning in my mind. Um, we, again, apply this COVID deal seems to apply to everyone across the board. Somehow we're unable to distinguish the people that could be ill or carriers from everybody else. And uh, I, it, it really disturbs me to think that you have to show your papers. Now, it's already somewhat in place if you're traveling overseas, uh, whether you're coming into the country, going out of the country, if you're even allowed to cross that border, uh, you do have to show records. And, of course, in many countries, you're quarantined and some other things. Um, I just I'm very, very concerned about people's uh, freedom and their liberty and protection of private data. It's all becoming public for the for the government to manipulate, and it's getting pretty frightening. Well, there's a lot of that going on. But you remember uh, when you when you went to school, uh, you had to to bring your shot record with you. Don't you remember that? 
I do. And, you know, I may be wrong. Of course, I was a child then. But number one, the schools would not then take that data and turn around and identify your family one way or the other, according to their political beliefs, whether they like you or not. Uh, The information was not there weren't laws to keep it private, but to my knowledge, there was not a massive data leak of private information like there is today. And there also was not the distrust of most major institutions and organizations all the way down the board because of the loss of freedoms that we're looking at, especially in the last few weeks. Um, it's I, I'm not convinced that the data can be handled um, appropriately. Right. Or will be used for only the reason they say it's going to be used for. For well, example, if if you don't and and you're feeling this way, I can tell by what you're saying, and I know a lot of people feel this way. If you have you, if you've lost all all uh, um, I don't know, you look at all these institutions and you don't trust them. Uh, I don't. What what can they do to get your trust back? Or can can they? Well, you know what they say. I mean, you know what they say about trust. Once it's broken, it's pretty difficult to repair. That's why you don't ever want to break trust. Um, I think I I don't mean to go down a rabbit hole that you're not going down today, but there is a whole a whole lot of things have happened in the last oh couple of months that are really pointing at a very rapid decline in loss of privacy and other things. Oh yeah, and also revealing the. major problems that are going on with almost every institution. And I'm not, we've, we've seen with the press, we've seen with the law, we've seen with certain other institutions, but I think now uh, many people are looking at a lot of things and understanding that it's across the board and it's pretty much everywhere. It's pervasive. Yeah. You got to think pervasive. about a lot of these people that are saying they want to be the software uh, companies that put this stuff on your phones are the same ones that have taken you off of Facebook and Twitter and all the rest of the feeds Thank if you happen you. to be a conservative. So, uh, yeah, there, there's yeah. <laughs> there's a reality here that we're talking about. It's not just uh, people having whim- whimsical, cahoti uh, belief systems out there. They really have a reason to be to be worried, and I do buy into that as well. All right, let's get our final break. We'll come back. We'll talk a few more moments with you this about the, about this with you. But I also want to talk about South Dakota real quick as well because I think what they're doing Gnome, is Gnome yeah, which is really important. I think uh, uh, our uh, our state legislature needs to be looking at this as well. All right, it's the Dave Ellswick Show, one hundred one one FM. The answer. We're about twelve minutes to seven o'clock right now here. Uh, in in Little Rock, don't forget about PI Roofing and what they can do for you for your roof and uh, taking care of it, making sure that it uh, protects you from the elements, you, your family. Uh, you want to make sure and all your, the stuff you got in your house. I mean, I you know, I was just talking about all the stuff I got in my house. Well, my roof, make sure that it doesn't get wet and the wind doesn't blow through my house and destroy it. Uh, and my roof is in good stead because I use PI roofing to make sure it stays in in good working order. They come out every year and walk my roof and look at it. That's coming up here shortly, and I think maybe this year, and just because, like I said, I'm thinking about selling within the next 12 to 16 months, let's put it that way, uh, that what uh, will happen is that uh, I want to make sure that, you know, maybe we put go ahead and put the, the new roof on there. 
what you need to do, again, uh, is call PI Roofing. They're at 707-3551. It's who I use. Uh, they go up on your roof. I mean, you can stand on the ground, look up on your roof all day long until, you know, the uh, chickens come home, so to speak, and not be able to tell if your roof is bad or not. They can walk on it, and they feel soft spots, things of that nature, and they know whether it's needs work or it doesn't. Call them. Let them take care of you at PI Roofing, 707-3551. They follow all the COVID-19 protocols. You're safe with that. And you can also reach them just on the internet, piroofing.com. All right, let's uh, finish up this hour with Elizabeth. And then the Bible guys are coming up right after the news at the top of the hour. If you still have a question for them, Guys at salemlr.com. We got three or four questions. We got a really good one for them today. I can't wait to hear them talk about it. Somebody asked, if sin is sin, is one sin worse than another sin that is a great question i mean really is it's a great question is a a murderer is that worse than stealing a loaf of bread we'll talk both sin we'll talk about that coming up after the news right now i want to talk with you uh, and uh, elizabeth about uh, south dakota uh, and what they're doing let me uh, just bring everybody up to date on that uh uh, Elizabeth, I got a story right here. Uh, I think this is from, uh, who is this from? This comes from the folks at, uh, I'm looking, it's just a bunch of gobbledygook appearing to me right now. So the Daily Wire. Legislation in South Dakota seeks to nullify Biden executive orders. Now remember, uh, an executive order is different than a law. Now, We know constitutionally a state must abide by the laws passed by the uh, legislature in this country. But do you have to follow an executive order which goes around the way that you make law? And I think there's a really uh, good opening here for states uh, to fight against some of these executive orders coming up. And we've talked about why I don't like executive orders, because they're not law. They can be changed. And this is what hap- is happening with Trump. Uh, Trump signed a bunch of, of executive orders four years ago. And now here's Biden. He didn't like them. His party don't like them. He's passing all, He's right. He's signing all kinds of executive orders to get rid of Trump's executive orders because they're not laws. Legislation was introduced in the South Dakota House of Representatives, which seeks to give the state's attorney general the authority to review executive orders from President Joe Biden and potentially nullify any other deemed order that's deemed unconstitutional. It's HB 1194, which is described as an act, quote, to authorize the review of certain executive orders issued by the president of the United States. The process to potentially nullify an executive order, which by nature bypasses congressional approval, begins with a review by the executive council of the legislative research board, followed by a referral from the council to the attorney general and the governor. That according to South Dakota news station, KELO TV. And they reported on this last week. I think this is something to be 
you know, checked into, and all states should be checking into this. Would you agree? I think it's going to really test, uh, you know, the the system of federalism and states' rights. Our Constitution says specifically what our federal government can do and says everything else is reserved to the states. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. I'd, I'd like to say that I'd like to think that if it ever made it to the Supreme Court, that they would rule in favor of the states. I understand. I think Christy Nome in South Dakota is a rock star. She understands liberty and freedom and understands how to bring it to the people and how to protect her state from all of this garbage that's coming at us. Um, they say she may be, you know, we're talking candidates. They said over the weekend that she's been talked about as a presidential candidate. And rightly so. And rightly so. And a female conservative. Oh, my gosh. That's exciting. Well, you would have two. I can tell you that if she gets into the fray, then there's two. Nikki Haley is going to run for president in four years. I'm you telling you. Oh, you I'm, I can almost guarantee it's going to happen. That's that would why be a really interesting primary. Yeah, that's why she's keeping her, uh, you know, toe in the water, so to speak, as often as she can uh, dealing with this stuff. Uh, she wants people to remember her name. And uh, Back, to, back to where we began this morning. I like both of those ladies a lot. I think a lot of them. I don't know enough about either one of them to say whether I could back them for president, for example, just like we really don't know yet enough about Sarah Sanders Huckabee uh, to know yet. So back to where we started first thing this morning, but she's doing the right things. And I think that the way I understand the constitution, South Dakota should be able to do this. Well, I would, I would assume that the Supreme court uh, would look favorably upon this legislation, especially, well, look, we've got to rein this executive uh, order thing in. I've been talking about that for years and I, I, I didn't like when President Trump was doing it. I don't like when any president is doing it. And I definitely don't like Biden and what he's doing. You know, Obama began it. He started the executive fiat form of government for our country. Well, He's as far as a whole lot the executive of them. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I got a phone yep. and a pen. You're right. Exactly. That's right. That's All right. right. Well, Elizabeth, you have a great day. Appreciate you joining us by phone today. Hopefully we get you in the studio next week. Yes, sir. I hear that. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye now. Elizabeth Otelaro here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Just so you know, she's the person who takes care of my social media and does a great job for me. And uh, she put that, I think she put the South Dakota story up there. If she hasn't, she will do so. And you can read it. I just think it's a great move by the state of South Dakota. And I think they need to do the same thing here in the state of Arkansas. All right. Bible guys are next. That's all coming up here on the Dave Ellswood Show.
is not the original group who did that song. But that's okay. I love the song, all right? Bottom line, who was the original group? Doobie Brothers. The Doobie Brothers. And that was in, uh, what, 70, maybe 3, 74 at the most? Something like that. Yeah, right around that time? I got it on cassette. You know where it was? <laughs> on cassette? Heidi, huh? do you know what a cassette is? Oh, you do. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know if you knew. Uh, a lot of people don't even know what a cassette Do you know what an 8-track is? Your dad has 8-tracks, doesn't he? <laughs> I used to hate 8-tracks. Why is that? Well, because you'd be, for instance, I'll give you, they only come out at night. Edgar Winters group. You remember only come Edgar? out at night. Yeah, that was the it's name. Of the, that was no. Oh, that was the, the name of the album. Right? So the eight tracks only come out at night. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, they only can, they can only come out at night. That was the name of the uh, the eight track or the album at that time. Uh-huh. And it was by the Edgar Winter group, and it it had Free Ride on it, and it had uh, Frankenstein. <laughs> You know that song. song, Okay, so anyway, in the middle of the song, so they could move it from track two to track three, they faded out the song, Uh and then it could click and it would go to the next track, and then it would go. And then here comes the song back again. I hated that. I hated that. And so. no rewind. No, there, there, is no, no rewind. there is no rewind on You miss oh, your really? song on the track. you yeah. got to replay the entire track. you, you got to go through the whole oh, track really? to get to it. Yeah, so anyway. Yeah, that used, now, that's just talking old school. But, yeah, I love Doobie Brothers' version of this. Who is this? What's the name of the group, uh, Heidi? Just this know. is DC Talk. Is that DC oh, Talk? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, see, everybody forgets that song and how important that song was during the the Jesus movement of the seventies. Mm. Mm. It was huge. It was huge that you had a a big name rock and roll group, yeah, talking about Jesus. Wow, yep. Yep. you wow. know, and that's a really just straight on message right there. Yeah, you know, a lot of people didn't like it. The old folks back then didn't like hearing us say Jesus is just all right with me. You know. Right. That, 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 they didn't get it, but that's okay. That's that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. It's all right. It's just that that kind of music was actually getting played on at that time. AM radio was uh, well, you, big you, news. You oh. can look at it from the perspective. I think they were singing the song is they were saying it's cool. You know, basically yeah. to be a follower. But the theological question is, are you all right with Jesus? Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> I agree. It's the other way I, around. I agree with that as well, but. It was it was steps in the right direction. Right? Were, were you were you in the Jesus movement? Yes, I, mean, I was. You were absolutely. Yeah, I, I used to do a show every Saturday night on the college radio station, hmm. playing at that time what were were called you know progressive Christian music, which. To be honest with you, you know, might as well had Frank Sinatra singing it or whatever. But, oh, really? Uh, yeah, it wasn't real progressive. Uh huh. You know, and then the. the Big albums came out that were the answer to Jesus Christ Superstar and all of that kind of stuff. So were you born again during the Jesus movement, or were you born again before that? No, I was born before that. Before that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a life-changing experience under my grandfather's preaching when I was about five and a half years old. Right. Yeah. I remember you about your grandfather, yeah. Yeah, he had a big... Look, my grandfather died when I was ten, all right? Yeah. Oh, wow. But he had a huge impact on me as a kid i mean he talked to me like i was an adult right Uh number one i was raised with adults i i I was the youngest in my family Mm. so all my brothers were gone out into the world so i was there with my mom and dad and you know 
they'd have canasta night or whatever, and I'd be sitting in there talking with the adults and right. stuff. So I was a little bit different than your average kid, to be honest with you. And what do you mean were? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm still kind of different. But uh, my grandfather would ask me, He, uh, well, when he was on his deathbed, he asked me, he said, how are you enjoying life? Oh, well, I'm 10, 10 years, years old. old. <laughs> all right. And I'm like, well, yeah, granddad, it's cool. You know, <laughs> and uh, he was that's when he told me, you don't ever have to be afraid of death, Dave. Right. You know, you've been saved. <clears throat> you don't have to ever be afraid of death. I'm not mm. afraid of death. Yeah. You know, it was really I mean, those are those are things that have stuck with me mm. all through my life mm. and why my wife still to this day doesn't understand why I look at death the way I do. Yeah. You know, I was um, I was with a lady uh, yesterday who um, is a member of our church who has been given a terminal uh, mm. diagnosis. And she has, um, they've told her anyway, that she's probably got about two more months left. Wow. And so I'm sitting with her and she is as excited as anyone mm. could imagine. She, she said, I am, she veil, said I am so excited. She said, I'm about to see Amen. him. Right. I'm about yeah. to be there. Amen. And I, I was just like, you know what? Your attitude is just right phenomenal but yeah. that was that's the way she is she has no fear instead good. she has great excitement about just good stepping over yep just stepping over that'd be good for her family too oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. i'm just, just saying, to process that, that for sure for her family yeah I like uh i like uh like that definitely that she's looking at it that way yeah i'm, I'm going to go get i'm going to get our our questions here but okay uh are we up on facebook what are we up on facebook um, i'm looking looks like we're up we're not on Facebook now. Now we're still having problems, just oh, so right. everybody know. If you're trying to watch us on Facebook, it, it's it's giving us a hard time. You know, uh, Heidi has did a hard stop and a hard start, and and I offered her a baseball bat that I have in my car. <laughs> and she looked at me and said, nah, probably won't do what we want it to do." So anyway, uh, they're fixing, they're working on it. This happens ever so often. Yeah, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often, to yeah. be honest, with the way, you know, Facebook and, and Twitter you and all banned that. Yet, yeah, so. I yeah. haven't been banned. Let's, I'm knocking on, well, that's not wood, it's plastic. <laughs> okay, just let you know. Uh, yeah, see, for instance, when my daughter died, which was a total shock to my family, uh, she was going to be 44 years old, mm. and she had a uh, deep vein thrombosis wow you see the ads on television you you hear about all the medicines i'm going to tell you it's a real deal and mm-hmm. it can kill you and it killed my daughter and i i was had gotten back from the funeral in or the memorial service uh and my gm was here and he says how are you doing dave and i looked at him and uh, kind of with tears in my eyes to be honest i said i don't know how anybody handles life without jesus christ yeah yeah Yeah. i just don't i don't see how you can do it Mm -hmm. you have no hope no well and many of them don't Uh, we're we're seeing suicide rates at all-time highs Mm -hmm. right and and the reason is um people do not have hope and um particularly if you don't believe in an afterlife what's what's the point um, i I agree choose to end end it person with uh, the most toys at the end wins is what the thing Um, yeah bumper sticker i've seen we're also, unfortunately, watching a lot of people in the church <clears throat> find out where they actually put their faith because they're all tripping right now because the 
politics didn't go the way they prayed yeah. or believed, yeah. and somehow they think God has abandoned Talked us. Talked about that yesterday. Yeah, yeah really. You put your, you're putting your faith in a man. I said, yeah. go back and read about Israel and Saul. Mm-hmm. Right. Go back and read about that. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. just hoping that when we get past the first week of March, a bunch of that will calm down. And yeah. People will go, oh, okay, so it really is over. Why, just, why the first week of March? Because of this... Uh, That's the last March. of the conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah. Right. So... Um, it's it's not going to ha- if you're out there holding on to that hope yeah. you need to let go of that and hang on to Jesus instead because that's right that, it's going to pass and, and nothing's the, uh, going to happen for those so. who are wondering the short synopsis is March 4th was the ori- original inauguration day and there are people who still think that um, there's this grand master scheme to catch all of the conspiracy not the conspiracy but all the uh, insurrectionists which they've labeled Trump people but the people who are the conspiracy guys believe that the true insurrectionists are the Democrats and what they did with quote stealing the election and they think that Trump's going to bring back the original I can do uh, nothing but constitutional okay, republic and he'll be re-inaugurated on March the 4th yeah yeah and the people are saying well yeah I hear you making fun yeah. Dave yeah you that's because you just don't understand well mm-hmm. yeah you're right I don't understand they're, they're, they're all the guys that are watching the history channel and listening to the guy go so it was aliens. Aliens. I'm not saying aliens. <laughs> I'm not saying but, aliens. But and, and I'm not making fun of those individuals. Um, I, to some extent, um, I, I feel sorry because they've been fooled. Yep. yep. Um, it, there's a deception. And there's a strong sense of deception in this country right now. Yeah, um, and that's all part of what's going to happen in the next decade or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to be you need to be seeking the light. You need to be seeking the one who can lift the scales of deception off your eyes um, you, and stop, as as Steve was just saying, stop putting your faith in a man and turn to the only one that truly matters. Um, or a party or a country or anything right. that's of this uh, world. Because guess um, what? As Petra said, we are not of this world. That's right. That's right. All right. I'll take you back for a great song. That's a great song. There you go. I love that song. I used to listen to Petra the all the time. I'm talking about rock. music yeah. group. Yeah. yeah, Petra, which was a true Christian rock group. Yeah. Yeah, along with the Resurrection Band. I love their 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 uh, branding statement, Music to Raise the Dead. gotta love that gotta love that hey don't forget about david lucas and his ultimate retirement planning checklist uh get yourself one of these so that you will be able to retire uh when you want to all right like 65 or 70 or whatever it's going to be maybe 60 some people can can do that uh if you if you're like 20 years old and you'll follow these rules here you'll be ready to retire maybe at 50 you know, just keep that in mind. Uh, but just know that you need to be able to answer some questions about health care and taxes and your Social Security and, and things of that nature. And know when certain pieces are going to fall into place and when, you know, other place, pieces start earlier. Uh, get a hold of uh, David and ask him for a copy of this. Go to his website, davidlucasfinancial.com, or call him at 501-222-3315. Never too early to start. You can start too late, but you can never start too early to get ready to retire. And talk to the good folks over at David Lucas Financial. All right, back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, we're just sitting here talking during the break and uh, talking about remembering when we came face-to-face with Christ. Mm -hmm. And when we made that decision that, you know, I've made my decision to follow Jesus. And it is a life 
life-altering decision. Doesn't mean you're never going to sin again. Right. Doesn't mean you're not going to fall away and you're going to get into sin and then you're going to be like the prodigal son and you're going to come back again. The bottom line is what it means is that you knew you met the God of the universe. Right, man. And when you meet the God of the universe, I'm just telling you, yep. you'll know it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You will know it. And everybody yep. else will, too. Yeah. Right. Other people will know it as well. I love telling, I'm going to tell one more story, and, and I love telling the stories when I was in the military, and I was about 29 years old, probably, and I had been attending services uh, at a kind of charismatic church on, on Guam, and uh, I, I come back to my uh, my room, and uh, I can't remember the guy's name to now. It was David something, and uh, we were uh, praying together. And we got into this whole – I think I've told you this story, Scott. I think I told you when we, we had uh, had Passover at your house that time. And we were, we were praying about we wanted to see Christ on the throne. Mm-hmm. Uh, to this day, I, you know, I read Revelation. I don't know how John wrote Revelation when he was experiencing what he experienced – uh, because I'm going to tell you this experience that I had. And you can't take it away from me because I experienced it and it really mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. And we were in my room in the dorm uh, there on Anderson Air Force Base. And we were praying. And all of a sudden, and best way I can put it, the Spirit of the Lord fell on us. Wow. And we could not lift our heads. Uh-huh. <laughs> I could not look up. And the room got exceedingly I'll use I'm going to use I'm going to use a, a, a King James word. The 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 room became exceedingly <laughs> bright. Mm. Wow. And then it went dim again. And I'm going to tell you what, I don't I look forward to experiencing it again. Right. I've never been more elated, and I've never been more terrified yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Seriously. And we both kind of got up on our knees and looked at each other. <laughs> I felt I, uh, the movie hadn't even come out yet. I, I felt like uh, Keanu Reeves. And it just went, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you both experienced the same thing. Exactly right? the same time. Wow. Wow. It was incredible. Wow. And I'm just telling you, if you doubt that the God of the universe is there, I'm here to tell you, have no doubts. Yes, amen. You know, he is there. Amen. He's not, a, he's, not, he's not in this dimension is how, the best way I can put it. He's mm-hmm. here in his spirit, but he is – really in a physical form yeah. and we're going to see that Amen. and that's why i talk about to, to, i know i have to you scott that i look for it when he comes back mm-hmm. and the heavens split dude i i i know there's so many people who think they're going to run up and they're going to throw their arms around christ and just say hey what's happening guy no no <laughs> no the great and dreadful we're talking man we're, we're just talking pure mm. purity Right. And you can stand in front of that. You're right. going to fall straight yeah. on your face. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. It's going to be. I get excited. Wow. Yeah. I get excited. And I get overcome at times. I get real emotional when I talk about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, just so you guys know. Praise God. I wrote a question for the show this coming Tuesday. Sent it in last week, but I wanted to add this one thought. Now, they asked this question, is all sin equal? 
That was the question. The verse used to used to say that all sin is the same is James two ten. You got your Bible right there, uh, Steve. You want to look up James two ten and we can read it. Uh, well, he's got it right here. I'll read it. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking all of it. I think this is where the idea comes from about one sin being the same as any other sin. Is that true? Can we give the good Jewish answer? Go yes, for it. yes, and no. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right. <clears throat> I like that. Y- yes, in the sense that all sin separates us from God. Um, no, in that um, there were certainly gradations of sin and how it was dealt with, and that is still true now. There, um, g- God will forgive all sin except one, right? And therefore, um, there must be difference in his eyes between sin. I like that. Yeah, and there were certain sins. Um, you know, whenever you deal with this, you have to deal with you know the. You don't just look at one verse about sin. You have to look at the overall view of it, and God is the same. So there were some sins um, that uh, you were actually uh, killed for. Mm-hmm. And there are other sins that you just brought an offering for. There were some sins. Um, actually, remember the prodigal son. He says, "Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you." Right. So some sins are against people yep, not all sin is against god some sins are against people uh and uh, the the bible does say there is a verse that says um uh that there's a certain sin that is unto death uh and uh and i pulled up this one verse here uh it's actually in uh, john's gospel my glasses out uh in john's gospel in chapter 19 in verse 11 and jesus and jesus answer said uh, you could have no uh, power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me, uh, I'm sorry, therefore, the, who, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. So even Jesus is coming. There are some sins that are greater than other sins. So all sins are, as as, uh, as Billy was saying, are all um, violation. Missing the mark. Right? Yeah, missing I mean, the mark. Right. Yeah. Correct. But there are some that are greater than others, Steve. Well, the the... The scripture that Scott was referring to is in uh, 1 John uh, 5.16. It says, if anyone see his brother sinning, a sin which is not lead, does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. And there is a sin leading to death. And I do not say that he should pray about that for all unrighteousness is sin and there is sin not leading to death. And so he kind of hinted back to that in the Old Testament. That's, the kind, of, that's kind of like talking in a circle. Right. There. Well, he's, he's <laughs> letting them know to John about that. <laughs> right. he's, he's just letting them know that obviously he, if you see somebody doing something that they shouldn't be doing, it's a sin and it's falling short. But it's not something that would get you stoned or get you killed according to, right. the, to the law. So, yes, there are things. So when people say things like, well, we're all sinners. OK, but I may have gossiped a little bit. But they killed somebody, and yes, we all fall short, but there's different penalties for that. So you can't say, well, you're a sinner just like me. That's not entirely accurate. Yes, we all have fallen short, but there should become a place where we don't commit sin that leads to death, right? Right. There will be a time where there's a stumbling of the flesh, uh, but not a purposeful, you know, neglecting, willful disobedience any longer. And I think think we all can agree, Hitler— Send a lot. Correct. Right. Willful. Yes. So Willful. If, if Steve stole a pen off of your desk, he's not going to be receive the same punishment as someone like 
like a Hitler. I mean, there's right. different variations and degrees of that. And Jesus here says that the reason why Jesus talks about a greater sin is because when you willfully do something, mm-hmm. uh, knowingly do it, willfully sin, then that that's a different level of sin than someone who accidentally uh, does it or someone has a lustful thought that flies to their head as a dart of the enemy and they entertain it for a few minutes. That's totally different than mm-hmm. someone who willfully, methodically plans out and executes a sinful act. That's that's a greater thing. All right. Thing. We'll come back, talk more about this. We're digging below the surface <clears throat> here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Bible guys are here. Rush is with us as well. Let's see what he has to say. All right. You got to get your house clean. All right. But don't expect your wife to do it. I'm going to suggest to you that you call 404-6560 today and talk to Chuck after 9 o'clock, and and there's like six of these left. Uh, and they are uh, certificates so that you can get St. Uh, Clarity Residential Cleaning to come to your house. Now, if you have a house that's like up to 1,500 square feet, typically costs $200 to get it deep cleaned. And uh, I should have her back on just to talk about what's deep cleaning because if you think you deep clean your house, I bet you you don't, all right, after you listen to her talk. But the bottom line is typically that costs 200 bucks. You can buy a certificate right through 1011 FM, The Answer, and the Dave Ellswick Show for 100 bucks. Get 50% off. Uh, if you got a house that's bigger than 1,500 square foot, goes up 2,500 square foot, it's typically $300, only $150 uh, right here at The Answer. Just call 404-6560 to get one of these. And then they'll be in, you, you know, you'll have a number. You call them. They'll go over it. They'll go through their checklist of everything they're going to do, and then they'll show up at your house. And uh, it may take them several hours uh, to get your house cleaned. If you're suffering from a little bit of depression, maybe something's happened, maybe somebody's died in your family, and, you know, there's an area that you go to to kind of get away from the world, so to speak, and you don't want anybody to touch it, you just tell them. They won't even bother it. They'll leave you alone, and uh, you don't have to worry about it. But St. Clarity Residential Cleaning will clean your home in such a way that, you know, how you walk in your house and you go... It smells good. It looks good. They'll do that for you. Mm. I hate the dust, and I I feel sorry for them. I bought two of these for my wife for thanks uh, for Thanksgiving Valentine's Day. And I'm going to give good it to her so that she don't have to clean the house. And 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 when they do it, it lasts for like four weeks. Mm. And uh, the the products they use kills COVID nineteen virus. Mm. So uh, you know, give yourself a break. Give your wife a break. Give your some. Give yourself a break. Uh, and get yourself one of these. Half price off on having a deep clean of your house, 404-6560. Bible guys are here. We've been talking about sin. The question was, are all sins the same? And the answer, according to the Bible guys, is no. Will sin keep you out of heaven? Yes. All right. But, you know, there's there's gradations. Mm -hmm. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. It works for me. Did I say it right? Gradients. Yeah, there's gradients. There's, there's, gradients. Yeah. There's, there's, it's a Dave Ellswick word. Yeah. Gradations. <laughs> <laughs> Levels yeah. of sin, so to speak. Dante may have not been totally wrong, just so you know. <laughs> right. Go ahead, Steve. You wanted yeah, to Yeah, add. the other thing I was going to add, that the, the Bible talks about sin, mm-hmm. and then it talks about 
uh, holy or unholy things, and then it talks about unclean things. <clears throat> and then so we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we're dealing with? Because um, if you look at something that's unholy, we get the idea that it's just an absolute sinful thing, and, it, and what it really mm-hmm. means is just to be completely different or completely sanctified, completely set apart. So you could uh, maybe use language you shouldn't be using that's not holy. Maybe you're watching something you shouldn't be watching that's not holy. It's not necessarily a sin, but it's not set apart. It's not different. Uh, and when the other word that's used is unclean, that's commonly used with either foods or um, something that requires a ritual immersion, like touching a dead body or a woman in her monthly cycle. And if you were to say something like, well, you know, that, that Jesus was probably unclean a couple of times, like when the woman with the issue of blood touched him and that kind of stuff, people would go, unclean is sin. Well, it's not. It just means that you've come in contact with something that's not holy. It's not righteous. Like a dead kind of body. Thing. Right. Right. Okay. right. And so we have to, you can use those principles in your life to find out that, yeah, maybe this is not a sin, uh, but am I really acting in a fully righteous manner? Am I fully set apart? Uh, or am I doing anything that technically might be viewed as something unclean, not quite the full level of sin, but just something that's not righteous? Okay. What, what, would, you, uh, what would you guys say um, with the, uh, the person who wrote the question? They use the verse of Scripture there in James. Says, if you offend in one part, then you're guilty of all of it. Well, how would I, you guys, when you go would you back guys and, parse that out? And read that he was... When you back up, he's talking about how they were showing partiality to the rich people that were coming in. Right. And and so I think that he was probably um, uh, showing that what they were doing there was a sin and that, that if they're, they're going to be guilty in that one part, maybe it was pride or maybe it was covetousness, whatever it was, that they were showing that partiality. He goes, then you're guilty of all. That's kind of the – that was the five or six verses that were prior to that. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. You remember last week I was talking about waiting for perfection – and then not getting anything done. You guys remember me making that statement? I have to say, I, I don't. Okay, well, I was talking about, and I was using it in, in. well, maybe it wasn't to you. Maybe it was to some people that I was talking about passing laws here in the state, and everybody wanted it to be exactly this way because it's got to be perfect. And, right. and And what happens a lot of times is that, then nothing gets done, right. yeah. and I and I I I was sitting at church Sunday. That was so great. Is that the Lord left this verse right here in, for teaching, and it's Ecclesiastes eleven four. It's from the Living Bible. All right, and here's what it says: If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. Right? Yeah. Right. yeah. And I thought, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of you know, thank you for you know saying that to me because. Yeah. Uh, I'm my wife and I have been you know talking and stuff. And yesterday we heard something about our taxes that made her upset. And she says, "See, I just, always things go bad." Blah blah blah, and like that. And I said, "Wait." I said, "Just Saturday, we we would we were uh, looking at our finances and." And and things were just a little tighter than I like it to be. And I went to the mailbox, and I had prayed about it. I prayed it over. I prayed about it at breakfast mm-hmm. with my wife. And I went to the to the mailbox, and I opened up the mailbox, and there were two checks for a total of seventeen hundred and something dollars. <laughs> Did you dance back to the house? I I went in and <laughs> and I gave praise to the Lord. Amen. All right. And Amen. and but I I looked at my wife and I said. Yesterday you were praising with me, yeah, right. and now you're 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 cursing it. And I said, "Stop it!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, stop doing that. Yeah. Don't let your emotions get that grip on you like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Emotions are a strong thing yes, for a lot of are. people. And she looked at me and she says, you're right. Good. You know, you're right. You know, I mean, how can you praise him one day and curse him the next? Mm. You know, I didn't understand that. I still don't understand that. I don't ever curse him. I just tell him he needs to hurry up. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bad thing. To I do. question. The don't more you tell wrong, him to hurry up, the not, longer he's going to take. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the favorite statements I ever heard was that we serve a crockpot god in a microwave world. Yeah. I love that statement. I like that. Yeah. I do. It takes a long, long time to cook in the crock pot. Twelve well, hours normally. Yeah. You know, God's timing is always perfect, but that also means it's always last minute, right? That's right. just what right. it feels like sometimes. You you could on occasion answer that prayer three or four days in advance. Right. That that would be okay with me. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. But then the teaching moment passes. Yeah. 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 You, know, you see the, the beautiful timing of God to where. <coughs> excuse me. You know, you were talking about beautiful timing. I don't think that was <laughs> yeah, it. Where, where you are, you're at the table praying for a financial miracle. Mm. So God had to, two days before mm-hmm, you prayed right. that prayer, put that check or those checks in the mail. He so that, so that they would arrive just right after you prayed. I mean, he's yeah, right. he he's the knew. best chess player. Yeah, yeah. He's perfect. He yeah. already knew. Amen. You know, I mean, Amen. I mean, Daniel prayed and prayed and prayed. And the reason it hadn't been answered is because the angels were fighting demons. The contention right. in the heavens. Right. Yeah. You know, That's right. It was going down. Mm-hmm. And if you think that Daniel, is over, it's not. <laughs> no. So it, take it, a look around the world. It's yeah. not over. <clears throat> yeah. That fight is still ongoing. Yeah. It is It is a fight that it occurs. Which brings us up. And this is good because uh, Steve has been working towards doing a whole thing about Bible prophecy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's uh, this this person says, could you ask the Bible guys to address the end time predictions of Daniel nine? I know it might be a lot to ask, but I think it is really fascinating at this point in time. If I am not mistaken, I think Pastor Steve has mentioned mm-hmm. that he has an, an end time Bible study each week, so maybe this is right up his alley. <laughs> it is. There you go. Um, that's something that that Billy and I and a couple other people do, try and do it every Tuesday evening. <clears throat> but the this part um one of the courses that I worked on uh, for the institute is the it's going to be called uh, uh prophet's prophecy in the end times and I in the first semester it's going to be a three semester course in the first semester I deal with this specific fulfilled prophecy uh and then when I get to the third semester we're going to look at it as, in its future context as well the primary purpose of this was to actually predict the coming of the messiah uh we cannot even remotely get close to we there's books written about Daniel right, nine right right, not just Daniel but Daniel nine uh we could spend a month and a half or probably all year talking about yeah. Daniel nine because there is a lot in there, but its primary purpose was to tell the coming of the Messiah and for those who don't know, it talks about the seventy weeks that are determined for the people of Israel and for the city of Jerusalem and all of that <clears throat> and that seventy weeks um is it was it means seventy sevens in Hebrew. Uh, And it it equates to about 490 year period of time. And from the giving of this prophecy until the coming of Jesus uh, was about 483 years. Right. And some there are some people I forgot the guy's name who did it in the late 1800s, like Sir. I forgot Mm -hmm. his name. Yeah. He actually did the calculations and could give you the date the way in which Jesus actually rode on the donkey into Jerusalem. And so on the initially. It talks about the coming of the Messiah, and it fits perfectly. It fits absolutely perfectly telling us when the Messiah was going to come. What they're referring to 
is that last week, and this is where there's tremendous debate. Uh, some will tell you that, that that whole 490 was fulfilled by the time of Jesus, and I'll give you the scripture that they're referring to, and it says that this person that's coming shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. And some think that that week was part of Jesus' ministry because he was here for three and a half years. And then it says in the middle of the week that he would be cut off, and he was, and all that kind of stuff. So like I said, there's a lot here. I'm trying, really giving you a big thumbnail sketch here. But what they think is that this is in the end times, there's going to be a confirmed covenant for one week with the anti-Messiah. And that's that's what they kind of think is coming. And what I'm telling you is there's three different ways to interpret that. Uh, so there are some people who, who put it purely in the future with an anti-Messiah. Then there are others who actually put it in the first century and will tell you that Jesus was the one who confirmed the covenant with many. And because the word confirmed there actually means to make stronger. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean to cut a covenant. It means to make something stronger. Uh, I think there's dual fulfillments. That's the thing that I'm really going to be addressing when I f- start teaching that course is part of the big misunderstanding that we have with prophecy is we've read it all like a bunch of Greeks and we read it in order and we read it linearly and we think it's all fulfilled like check mark, check mark, check mark. Yeah. Now we're waiting for this, we're waiting for that. And I'm telling you, there's multiple layers and multiple fulfillments. Daniel 9 is very difficult to get into in 15 minutes. Uh, but that's really kind of the thumbnail of what Daniel 9 is dealing about. One, the first coming of the Messiah, and it seems to have a parallel meaning of when his second coming is. Yeah. I think that uh, it's important for our listeners to understand that that um, prophecies can be um, what we call cyclical. They can have multiple fulfillments. There are some that can't. Obviously, the arrival of the Messiah, mm-hmm. that's, that's not going to happen. But the return. That's yeah. going to happen once. Right. right. But, but <laughs> when, it, when it comes to the temple being being destroyed, being desecrated, this this has happened multiple times. The city of Jerusalem has actually been destroyed and rebuilt 18 times, more than any other city in the entire planet. And so there's cyclical prophecies that, that, that do happen. And also it's important to understand also that the all the the Old Testament, <clears throat> from the first time that the, uh, the prophets come along, so after Moses – all the prophets prophesied in about a 300-year period of time. And many of them were prophesying at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. So all these guys, a lot of these guys knew each other. In our mind, we think literally like a Greek will. So like we'll say, okay, well, you know, Jeremiah prophesied here, and then then came Ezekiel, and he prophesied here, and then Daniel did this. And they, they kind of laid out this long line of thinking there was one prophet at one time in the nation of Israel. And that just isn't true. Isaiah was prophesying in the cities at the same time Micah was prophesying in the villages. And so you take their two prophecies and you lay them over each other and then you get a full picture of what's happening. So you can't read literally. If you do that, then you, then you, will, then you will misunderstand what's going on. So you have to layer these things. And Daniel mm-hmm. is like that. He starts off by saying, okay, I'm reading the prophet Jeremiah and this is what I get from Jeremiah's right, writing. Right. And so... So he's lay, layering these things on top of each other, which uh, which is one of the reasons why. The, the angel comes and says, hey, this is more than about 70 years. It's about 77s, yeah. and he layers it for him. All right. We're going to continue this discussion. Don't run away. Uh, we'll talk more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. A break, and then we've got more for you. Some people like linear storytelling better than they like non-linear linear is a, is greek all right i mean it, it is yep. what the greek set up for us uh there is a movie that's done by christopher nolan and I, I don't know if a lot of people have seen it or not and it's called memento hmm. that that's what the movie's called and it's told in a non-linear style 
and it has you lots of times completely confused. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it starts off at guy waking up <clears throat> out of bed, standing in front of a mirror, and he's written all this stuff all over his body backwards so that when he stands in front of the mirror it all is in the correct order mm-hmm. yeah but the story is not in the correct order well right. it's a great right. movie christopher nolan's one of my favorite directors if you saw tenant and he's all in the time uh conundrums and stuff uh that's what that was of did you see inception yes did you like the, did another you, great movie yeah that's christopher nolan as well oh is it really yeah i, I just rewatched that. that while i was Sick on Saturday. Oh, really? so that, that's really a good movie. Yeah. It's an excellent yeah. movie, and I, I like that when he spins the top. You know, right. that's really important when you watch that. What you're seeing may not be what you think you're seeing. Right. right. That's we, interesting. Steve and I had a, a teacher um, years ago, and he, uh, I was actually at a at an academic conference with him, and he was presenting a paper um, as you do for peer reviewed things. But his paper was on what he called cylindrical time. Mm. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't linear, but it was cylindrical Bit. time. So time. Okay. so so it was it was. I'll say it was confusing. It was it yeah, was I it imagine. left a lot of people just completely you know dumbstruck. But but thinking Hebraically, biblically does not mean you think in a linear fashion. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Look, let me just do a little physics there for okay. you. I can do it in here. You take a look at we look at space and time this way on a flat piece of paper. Point A, point B. Mm-hmm. How fast can you get from A to B across the piece of paper? Right. But you can bend time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, if you can bend time, you take A and you bend it across and it gets there with B and you punch a hole in the paper, you're at B as soon as you're within yep. A. Mm-hmm. And I physics, know that that's crazy sounding, but... It, current astrophysics tells us that's yeah, possible. It can so, be done. Um, the, and that's uh, what they're talking about, space travel. Right. Yeah. The um, or black holes, the laws find. that God yeah. created. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is God beyond our understanding, but the laws that He created uh, are are in large part beyond our understanding as well. And we are so arrogant that we go, "Oh, we got all this figured out." <laughs> so, you know, I mean, um, you talk to a really honest astrophysicist. Yeah, he says, "I'm a just a confused dude." Yeah. So one of the one of the best <laughs> statements that I ever heard was, "The more you." The more you learn about a field of study, the more you realize you don't, don't know, know. Yeah. about that field of study. Uh, that is an honest uh, examination of yourself right there. Yeah. So. I, I'm, uh, a few years ago, I was in Buenos Aires. I was going to be planting a church down there. I was staying at a and b If you've ever stayed at a and b you know, sometimes you eat breakfast or lunch with people you don't know. You kind of sit at a right. table right, together. Right. So I'm sitting there, and I find out I'm sitting with one of France's premier quantum physicists. And uh, he was so good at his job. He worked two weeks a, a month and then had a two-week vacation every month. Just went all over the world. I want that job. So, so, <laughs> so I took the opportunity to ask him all these uh, questions. And then I, and I know some, uh, a little bit of um, you know, uh, physics. So I started asking questions that kind of went, rebuffed him a little bit. Yeah. And finally he stopped me and he said, honestly, we don't know anything. Right. <laughs> and I said, I, I beg your pardon? That. He said, we really don't. He said, as soon as we figure out we think we know something – a year or two later, we disprove it. He said, so really, we don't know anything. I said, so what about all the textbooks that you guys make? And he said, C'est la vie. that's life. <laughs> I said, so the students are learning this, and it's not true. And he said, it's not true. And I said, so you're telling me everything you print and publish is by faith? And he said, yes, it's by faith. I was like, okay. <laughs> now let's talk. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. let's talk about the now gospel. Now that we've gotten to this point. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that, so, makes, that makes so much yeah, sense. Yeah. It really does. And 
I forget who the astrophysicist was that he said he he climbed and climbed and climbed and he climbed to get to the top of of uh, you know knowing what was true. And he says, "I got to the top, and there was God." God, yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, that was that. It's a lot of that's true. Guys, thanks for coming in. Thank you, sir. It's always great. And happy Uh, birthday. Scott, what time, brother? Uh, It's going to be at uh, 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, 701 Napa Valley Drive. Steve, Saturday? 1 o'clock. Same same address. Over there at... uh, At Agape. Agape is what? Okay. That's Shabbat. Okay. Shabbat. I've got a good friend by the name of Ben uh, that uh, would say I I write to him every once in a while, and I usually send it to him on Friday because I know he won't answer his phone on Saturday. And I just wrote, I said, have a great Shabbat. Yep. You know, and he knows what I'm saying. Shabbat Shalom. Thanks, guys. We'll Thank see you, you next week right. here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 in the morning. It's so easy to complain.